from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Everybody's going to spend hours over the course of the next month speculating about the future of LeBron James. But there is one very real curveball he could throw that could alter the NBA forever. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And your smart speakers just politely ask them to play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. And look, most of us don't think LeBron is going to walk away. I think most people over the last 24 hours have been finding reasons why LeBron's going to stay. But it is interesting, Harry, because there is a very real path that would lead LeBron down a a wild road that most people aren't expecting. And that path could be one where he simply says, you know what, I'm going to take a year and figure some things out. This is what our buddy Chris Canty said, Canty and Carlin, on Greeny about LeBron maybe taking a year off. I don't think wanting to play with Bronny precludes LeBron from stepping away for a year. It's as simple as add another superstar or I'm going to shut it down for a year and wait for my son to come out after his freshman year at USC if he's ready. Jordan took a couple of years away and came back. Now, granted, he was younger, but still, similar situation to when he went from playing for the Bulls to the Wizards. So all I'm simply saying is this. If LeBron James wanted to step away because he didn't like where the roster was for the Lakers going into 23-24, I could see a world where that happens. Harry, you buying that? I, I do. And LeBron James, we know normally he gets what he wants. And if LeBron James exerts all his energy in, into the Western Conference Finals in which he felt like, or if, if he feels like he didn't have enough help and he wants the organization to understand that he wants to win now and doesn't care anything about the future. And if the organization says, you know what? We do care about the future. We're going to sign Austin Reeves, Hachimura, and go from there. And we have two draft picks in in the NBA draft coming up as well. If they decide to do that, I can see LeBron James stepping away. And we got to remember now on this basketball team, unrestricted free agents for the Lakers this season. D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder, Lonnie Walker IV, Troy Brown Jr., Restricted free agents, you have Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. A team option, uh, it's the team's choice, uh, Malik Beasley. And then I just mentioned the 2023 NBA draft. They have picks number 17 and 47. If LeBron doesn't like what the front office and Rob Palenka is doing and the direction that they're going, he could easily just say, you know what, I'm going to take a year off and then Let's see what I can do the following year. Think about all the variables here. And this is where you just got to take your emotions out, which maybe to a fault I do too much, and then only put your logic hat on, right? Like, So one step number one here is he'd be walking away from a ton of money. I think people need to realize he has a ton of money, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I just – I don't say the word billionaire very often about active athletes, right? Like <laughs> LeBron is a 
billionaire. He is going to make wild amounts of money next year, even if he never touches a basketball court. If he just wants to do advertisements and sell his uh, name, image, likeness to whatever he chooses to in that moment, he is going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. This is just who LeBron is. He has businesses everywhere. He could be an entity to anyone. So, miss me with the conversation about, well, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 million dollars. There's no amount of money that you can flash at LeBron right now that's going to make him say, oh, uh, I? Then the other part of it is, well, how will fans and the team receive him if he simply walks away from a year and then forces himself to be put on another team? LeBron's already been the biggest villain in the NBA. Why does he give a damn about he doesn't what care. he doesn't? One bit. So if you're LeBron and you can take your and your body hurts right now, your foot hurts, you can't afford, uh, you know, cryogenic, whatever chambers and things like that 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 we'd never even heard of years ago that you've already brought into your life. You can afford the best trainers. You can, frankly, if you want to, pay a bunch of players to come help you work out every day. And you can have people working on your body to get you in the best shape so that when you come back after a year, you're in the best physical shape you've been in in ages. And now you can have a farewell tour while you play with Bronny. We had a caller earlier that said, I'm just going to start saving my money now. You ain't wrong about that. Like, as much as I give Michael Jordan grief at times for the fact that he didn't play particularly well compared to the standard when he came back for the Wizards, Let's not get it twisted. Every arena he stepped in sold out. LeBron could create a circus of the biggest energy you've ever seen in the NBA because he's playing with his son on a year's rest where his body feels better than everybody, and we've gotten away from LeBron for a year. So there's no LeBron fatigue. It's the ultimate farewell tour concept in my mind. Well, here's the most important thing of, of all of it, Fitz, if he decides to sit out. During that time when he's doing so, yes, he's going to be training. Yes, he's going to be working on his body. But guess what else he gets to do? He gets to be at home with his family, his wife and his kids. He gets to go watch Bronny play at USC because he's committed to Southern California. He gets to watch his son Bryce go play because I think he's going to a different school next year as well. He gets to be at home with his baby girl. We all know that those little girls are daddy's girl 1,000% of the time. He gets to be at home with his wife. They can go have date night. They might have to rent out the entire place, but they can still have date night. All these type of things can transpire and happen for LeBron James if he decides to take off a year. And a lot of people are like, oh, why would he do that? Because those type of things actually matter. I was just talking to a father yesterday at the baseball field, and he was telling me about decisions that he has to make about his job because he wants to be at home with his family and his kids. It is a thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the opportunity to be around his kids not only to see Bronny play at USC, but to go be around the practices, to be around the game, to help his kid uh, become the best player he can be. I mean, all of these things would be huge incentives for LeBron, right? Like, uh, if you're looking at the human element of it, I'm never, I'm, I will never in my entire time sitting in front of a microphone tell an athlete when they should hang it up. Like, that is not my place. Only the yep. athlete knows when it is time to walk away from the game. That being said, I also won't fault an athlete for deciding when that time is. If LeBron, I mean, frankly, if he comes out openly and says, I just want to take a year off and recalibrate, who am I to question that? Realistically, we all know how important playing with Bronny is with him. He's, he's made it incredibly clear to the world that he wants to play with his son, and that's never been done in the NBA. So have that historic moment. 
I think there's also a very real portion of LeBron that's got to ask himself, if he gives everything he has in the tank next year, will he even have the gas left to play with Bronny in two years? Will he be the best version of LeBron he can be? Like, he wants to be the thing that helps his kid in the NBA, not hinders his kid in the NBA. And playing a full season with the Lakers that goes as far as he wants it to go could absolutely take that gas out of the tank. And also, I would add, not only has it never been done, a father-son duo playing on the same team together. There's never been a father-son duo that shared the same court together, whether they're on the same team or not. So mm. that's another piece that will be added to LeBron's legacy. On top of giving your body a rest for a year, let's look at the fourth quarter in the Western Conference Finals in every game. Mm. Right, Fitz? Because he he was playing tremendous, especially in that last game, and he just didn't have enough gas. And that seemed to be a theme. If you give your body a year to rest, maybe that's not the case because you had a year off to take care of your body and gain some extra steam. So when you hit the fourth quarter of the game that you probably played a lot in, you might not get as tired as you did a year ago because it was the constant 20 plus years all combined together and playing at a high level of being in the postseason year in and year out, just about every year being in the NBA, that's taxing on your body. Imagine LeBron coming in from day one with Bronny on a year's rest, knowing that he has the entire regular season to knock the rust off, be the best version of himself, while he also teaches his kid how to be the best pro he can be in that situation. While he's also, in my mind, he spent the year off the court working with whatever team he wants to end up being with to make sure that they're in a chip. Like, LeBron ain't just coming back to play with Bronny. He's come back to try and win a chip with Bronny out of the gate, right? Like, that's going to be important to him. So he's going to have all of these systems in place ready to go, right? And then he comes in on that rest, knowing that he can manage his own minutes to get all that rust knocked off so that he can get into the playoffs the best version of himself while he then plays with his son like if if he wants to do that and it screws over the Lakers or the entire NBA in the process so what I, that, that the opportunity well, to do what he wants to do is more important than any of that it's a beautiful thing man when you see these fathers in their kids lives and they also can show them the way and show them the ropes especially in the profession that they've been in for a ton of years That's a beautiful thing to me. It really is. You want to tell me that we wouldn't 100% get a Christmas Day game that's Bronny and Bron against somebody, and you've got LeBron coming off a year's rest, the best version of himself. I think what we have to acknowledge here is what I just said. LeBron right now has the opportunity to decide what the best version of himself is, whether that's playing this year and trying for another championship or whether that's waiting a year out while he waits for his son to get into the league and resting his body either way LeBron has earned the opportunity to decide right now what the best version of himself will be in the future and whatever that version is I'm excited for whether it means we get one more year of LeBron and it feels like a farewell tour or whether it feels like he's taking a year off to put the systems in place all eyes will be on what the James family decides they're going to well, do next. also Rob Palenka and company what you do with that basketball team might decide what LeBron James decides to do moving forward as well. Yeah, I mean, and if you're Rob Palenka, are you trying to put in the, the wheels into place now to make sure that you get Bronny in two years and make all of this easier? I, it, it's wild how many dominoes are going to fall. Fitz and Harry's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone's asking if Aaron Rodgers can go scorched earth this season. Maybe that's the wrong question. We'll ask the right one next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Elimination. The Celtics win game four, dealing the Heat their first playoff loss in Miami this postseason. Now the series returns to Boston, where the Celtics face another must-win. Game five of the Celtics and Heat, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins tomorrow at 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. As soon as they made the trade and got Aaron Rodgers, they immediately are in the Super Bowl conversation. I think he is going to play great. It's, it's kind of the easy pick right now, the sexy pick, because Aaron Rodgers is there. I think it's a legit pick because I think he's all in. Aaron brings the level up, obviously, for New York. They put them right underneath the field. It's great seeing how he approached every day, you know, when he got the facility. He's been at OTAs just grinding, man. So, you know, it's just great to have him around. Is Aaron Rodgers about to go scorched earth and absolutely rip apart the NFL? Is a question, but it's the wrong question. The actual question should be, have the Jets done enough to allow Aaron Rodgers to go scorched earth? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We also, by the way, have a poll up on social media. I made a simple comment earlier that I prefer chicken breasts to all other parts of the chicken. Uh, that is out on the poll. Uh, Devin, can we get a poll update? While you're pulling the poll update, I'll say my own friends are now, uh, they, they no longer have my back. My buddy Jimmy, he's in Little Big Town, humble brag. Uh, by the way, the best vocal group in country music, not even close. You just sit on the side, you need to listen to him sing. He texts me, while we're sitting here talking, it says definitely only chicken thighs i won't buy chicken breasts all right my, my, my own friends don't have my back but how's the poll doing Devin? all right so after what is this an hour online I think we got we got like 45 minutes left to go here unfortunately i have to report that you are winning uh 51 to 49 so it's still close it can still swing either way okay, okay. so far well, so far well, let, me, let me say this because i want to read a few tweets from people i'm not going to mention their name i'm just going to read the tweets can you read them sensually while you read them just like a little whisper or put a little yes like a, okay. here we go mm-hmm. love me some thighs but can't pass up on some juicy breast excuse me okay chicken breasts and wings are for are, are for me please dark meat tastes wrong i end up throwing up when i eat it okay wow what Oh, dark meat tastes wrong. <laughs> did, did you say thighs are greasy? I guess one mean greasy is another man's juicy. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, yo. Wow. This is oh. a few. So uh, uh, either our listeners or, uh, have the same mindset that we have. Oh, they definitely <laughs> And do. they really, really enjoy us. The, the fact that, you know, a simple conversation turned out. This, this, is, what hap- this is what happens on Fitz and Harry. Uh, keep chiming in on the poll. I'm amazed I'm winning. You're amazed I'm winning. But so far, America has great taste. That's all I have to say. All right, so, Harry, the question people keep asking, can Aaron Rodgers go scorched earth? And I think maybe it's the wrong question. The, the right question is, are, are the right pieces in place for Aaron Rodgers to go scorch earth? Because I think you would agree there is one major issue the Jets have that could prevent that from happening offensively. Yeah, I think it's the offensive line, right? And um, I think the health of Makai Becton and Vera Tucker 
is very, very imperative to the success that the New York Jets want to have moving forward. Aaron Rodgers didn't forget how to play the quarterback position, even though he only had 26 touchdowns to 12 interceptions last season. We got to remember he threw 85 touchdowns to nine interceptions the two previous years. But I think offensive line play is big with A-Rod because he is older and you need that protection so he – can have the time to be able to deliver the football. Now, you look at the skill position players, I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a guy who's going to be able to have probably over 13, 1,400 yards because he was phenomenal in his rookie season with a, with quarterbacks that didn't even complete over 60% of passes. They, are all, they all were in the 50s. I think the addition of Alan Lazard, a guy that he is comfortable with, also Randall Cobb, Miko Hardman, those guys are going to be very, very – uh, play a very big role in the success of the offense that the Jets have, but you can't knock the defense. And what I think this defense is going to do, because they were damn good a season ago, they're going to they're going to be able to give the Jets extra possessions, creating turnovers, sack fumbles, uh, punching the ball out and getting fumbles, interceptions. So now Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, th- this team is going to have that much more possessions of the football this entire season, I feel like. I feel like part of the reason that the offensive line is a really valid concern is the division they're in. And one thing, you know, we're yep. so offensively uh, focused in everything we do, but let's be real. If Von Miller is healthy, the, the Bills' defense looks uh, different. We know that. But the Bills' defense obviously has been a strength for them, and, and they start with the Bills, right? In their own division, they've got – as much as I don't believe in Mac Jones, I can't say this loud enough, I don't think the Patriots are going to be good, and I think Mac Jones is not a good enough quarterback. Through all of that, I can still acknowledge quite simply that Bill Belichick is brilliant, and the Patriots' defense last year Top came, 10. To, came to play. We know that. We know the Dolphins went out and spent even more money in assets with Jalen Ramsey. Like, the Dolphins' defense is really good. So six of the games out of the gate – you are going to be playing a defense that will be able to make things difficult for you. On top of that, when you look at their schedule, they have to play the Eagles, right? The Eagles have a very good defense. They have to play uh, – They have to play. I'm looking through here uh, again. There was another one that stood out. The Commanders have a good defense. It can get after the quarterback, right? Yep. Uh, so when you look across the board, offensive line is part of the issue simply because of who they play. The schedule game means that you are going to face some quality defenses, some quality defensive fronts, and Aaron Rodgers is going to have – have to be comfortable throughout the course of the season to be the best he can be. I'll be honest with you, the defense that really stands out to me the most would be the Miami Dolphins because now they have defensive coordinator Vic Vangio and we know what he presents to the game of football from a defensive mind. He's going to have those guys ready to rush the passer. You talk about Christian Watson, Raekwon Davis, Jalen Phillips, um, Bradley Chubb, who they... um, was able to to trade for last season on top of signing David Long Jr., who played for the Titans and played very, very well. Now you have two number one corners. I love what Javon Holland at the safety position brings to the game. That defense is going to be on point. And if you can't protect Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's going to be able to be, to be effective. But also, we got to keep in mind, they also have the ability to get the, the football out quick. Oh, you're a thousand percent right about that. And Aaron Rodgers is capable. Like, I won't say he's mobile, but he has mobility, right? Like, we know he can move around in the pocket and make things happen. You mentioned the Dolphins, and I think the Dolphins are the, the hardest part of the Jets conversation. I don't think there's a tougher team in the NFL this year to predict than the Dolphins because we just don't know what to expect from Tua. If Tua is healthy... 
and I know that's a big if. We we laugh at ifs all the time. If Tua is healthy and simply plays to the standard he played with last year, it doesn't have to be better than last year. If Tua is the healthy version of himself that he was last year, the Dolphins could be the best team in this entire damn division. Like, if you just look on paper, if you and I were sitting down to play Madden right now and you look on paper, the Dolphins' defense is absolutely stacked. The Dolphins' offense is absolutely stacked. Like, Miami should be a Super Bowl contender if their quarterback is at all healthy. That's another thing the Jets have to deal with. I think that there are two other Super Bowl contenders in their own division in the Bills and the Dolphins. And I'll be honest, you know iron sharpens iron. And I believe in the offense and the defense of teams helping one another when both of those sides of the ball are, are good. I look at what the Dolphins were able to do last year. They're going to be in their second year in this offense. I believe the run game will be very, very lot, a lot better than it was a year ago. I didn't think they, they did a great job in the run game, and that was Mike McDaniel. That was his baby when he was in San Francisco. He did the run game. I think that's going to be better. They already were the fastest team in the National Football League. They have it, Davon A-Chain, who was one of the fastest players in college football. So that's just another one. So their 4x4 relay team or 4x1 relay team will go go up. Can probably run in the damn Olympics, if if you want to be honest about it. I mean, and, and then I just keep thinking about the absolute man crush I have on Mike McDaniel and his ability to use motion before the snap. Like, I just, I kept, every time I watched the Dolphins, which was every weekend, but when you're watching the Dolphins games, you just look at all of the things that they do to confuse the defenses they're playing against. My God, like, I think the Dolphins could absolutely blow up all of the predictions in the AFC this year if Tua is healthy. And that's just such a big, like, I'm saying in all block letters and none of us know uh, what to expect. There's and then here, here's what people are sleeping on, though. Year two within this offensive system is where things really start to come together. Uh, yeah, and that that's going to make it even more dangerous. Speaking of the Dolphins, they'll be trying to answer one question all year. Do they have their franchise quarterback? You don't need to wait to get that answer, though, from Harry Douglas. We'll figure out franchise quarterbacks all across the NFL next. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Douglas is HD to everyone. Uh, that's exactly how we know it. But what's HD to Harry? This is actually going to be interesting. Let's play. Is that HD to you? Tell me why. Tell me why I never. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 8. Shout out to the Backstreet Boys, just finished their DNA tour. It's been going for the last couple of years. They finished overseas, I think they were in Abu Dhabi to finish the tour. Nick Carter, big Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. There you go, the info you didn't know you needed on the Backstreet Boys. Although Kevin, uh, one of the Backstreet Boys, is a big Kentucky fan, so I don't know if that creates a rub on this show. Kentucky versus Louisville, he's a big University of Kentucky fan. I don't know how that works, but maybe we'll have Kevin on sometime. Figure that out. I gotta uh, say, I saw them a couple of years ago. They were excellent. I yeah. saw them 2018, I think it was. Not that long ago. They were excellent. They are great live. Backstreet Boys absolutely way. still bring it live. I, I gotta give them a lot of credit for that. I was a was a doubter of the Backstreet Boys live, and then I uh, I went in and saw them do the NKOTBSB tour where it was Backstreet Boys and New Kids on the Block, and actually 
it was a great show. And ever since then, I've been like, you know what? Plus, the Backstreet Boys continue out to put out continue to put out good music. I'm just telling you, check out the most recent record. Tell me why you only like bread. If you're a, a pop tart like I am, you will appreciate it. Uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I have no comment on that. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, because I prefer chicken breast to chicken thighs. Uh, still winning in the poll. We'll get you updated on that in a minute. But first, we have to do some, is that HD to you? Very simple concept. Is it in high def? Are you seeing it simply? Is it super clear? By the end of the season, this team will have their franchise quarterback. So not right now, but by the end of the year. We're allowing Harry to project all year what it's going to look like. Is it HD to you? By the end of the year... This team will have their franchise quarterback. Harry, let's start with the Green Bay Packers. And quarterback Jordan Love. Yeah. Uh, I think after this season, they will have their franchise quarterback. I think it may take a little time or whatnot for Jordan Love, but I think he's going to show progression that he can be the guy moving forward. And I think a lot of those skill position players being younger and him will be able to mesh more so than I thought it can do. It can be with Aaron Rodgers. So I think that's going to be able to help him. The offensive line must stay healthy. Batiari, Elton Jenkins, those guys must be healthy. Also, the run game is going to be very valuable in Jordan Love's success. So I believe he will be. All right. I, I actually think you're right. I, I agree with you on this, too. I, I think it's interesting because Jordan Love, like I said, I don't think he has to make the playoffs. I just think he has to show he can play. And if he had shown he can't play, then I don't think the team would have taken the steps they've taken. All right. Is it HDDU? By the end of the season, the Bears will have their franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. I believe so. I think the Bears have done everything to – Help Justin Fields ascend and get better as a passer. They brought him over a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore to pair him up with Darnell Moody and also Chase Claypool. We know what they have at the tight end position with Cole Komet. So I believe they have done enough and also adding some offensive line pieces for Justin Fields to have success this season. Now, they might not make the playoffs, but if he shows tremendous growth, I think he will be their quarterback of the future. Yeah, the most interesting thing to me here is who's going to get the patience. And by that, I mean they spent a ton of money this year. We know that. We spent so much money for the Bears. The question is, is Eberflus and that staff going to get the patience or is Justin Fields? At some point, they're going to have to let him throw the football. This should be that year. If they don't, is the organization going to put that on Justin Fields or are they going to put it on the coaches? I think we see everybody ascend together. I'm still a believer in Justin Fields. So let's go next in the is that HDDU? You see it clearly by the end of the season. The Pittsburgh Steelers will have their franchise quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I'm not so sure, Fitz. And and, and I say that because... When you have a guy in Kenny, Kenny Pickett and you look at the rest of the AFC and who he has to go up against quarterback-wise, I don't know if Kenny Pickett has that extra oomph to get you over the hump that you may need to compete in the AFC conference. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part of it. And look, I, I mean, I didn't love any of the quarterbacks coming out in his draft class. He had a pretty good uh, pretty good rookie year, uh, 63% completion, 2,400 yards, seven touchdowns, nine picks. Just want to remind everybody, that's a pretty limited amount of work that we saw in that process, right? So if you're only talking about that, 
for some, I just the the gap. It's about the fact that you're in the same division as Lamar and Joe, and then let's see what what Deshaun looks like this year. Well, but, I will also say this though: the offensive line plays a big factor in his his growth as well. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the last few years, the offensive line play wasn't good. That's why they went over and, and got Isaac Samelo uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles, a guy who understands winning. I think the Steelers are more likely to be by the end of the year. They're likely to be at a prove-it point with Kenny Pickett than they are that it has been proven. We're doing Is That HD to You? Is it crystal clear by the end of this season that the Miami Dolphins will have their franchise quarterback in Tua Tungavaloa? This is a tough one. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes because the growth of Tua and what we've seen last year when he was able to have a number one wide receiver, especially be paired up with Jalen Waddle, was phenomenal when he was out there and he was healthy. Now, if Tua can stay healthy this entire season, then yes, the Miami Dolphins are in a position to where they can just say Tua Tagovailoa is our guy 1,000%. Not 100%, but 1,000%. I agree with you, and a part of it comes back to the conversation you had earlier this year with Talia Tagovailoa, his brother. You yep. talked about how the family had openly talked about retirement, and everybody was talking to Tua about that. Tua referenced it in his press conference. I feel like if you've sat down with your family and everybody's gone to doctors to figure out if you're okay, and they've all said that you're okay, you're personal physicians, the people you're relying on, if they're all telling you you can play, then who am I to question that at this point, right? So, like, I'm going to trust that Tua and his family went to the best doctors possible and got information they're comfortable with. If that's the the case, I'm going to believe he's going to be fine. And if he's fine, he is the quarterback of the future. What about, is it HDDU by the end of the season, the Patriots will have their franchise quarterback in Mac Jones? It is not HD to me. I'm sorry. I can't see this clearly. I don't think they have enough explosiveness on their roster from an offensive standpoint and I understand Bill O'Brien coming over you're going to have that stability something that he didn't have in year two but I look at that division and I think it might be the toughest division in football in the National Football League and I don't see Mac Jones being a guy that can move the needle against uh, the rest of the gauntlet of quarterbacks in the AFC as well so I'm gonna go no yeah I'm, I'm totally out on Mac Jones and have been since the outset let's get another one in here Dak Prescott is it HD to you knowing that Dak is about to have some massive numbers on the cap so yep. the Cowboys are going to be in a strange situation where they may have to look at a massive extension to keep their quarterback is it HD to you that by the end of this year the Cowboys will have their franchise quarterback for the next contract in Dak Prescott I'm going with yes. It's going to be HD to me. I think Dak Prescott this season is going to have a bounce back year and he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. Not that he wants to do that, but he wants to prove himself right. That way, if he proves himself right, that means a lot of people are wrong. He didn't have a phenomenal year last year. He went through a spell when he was turning the ball over, over and over and over again. The playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers didn't end well, but I think Dak Prescott's going to have a chip on his shoulder and show up and show out in 2023. Yeah, I believe that too. And by the way, if that doesn't happen, somebody somewhere is going to pay Dak Prescott massive amounts of money because he has shown enough for another team to still believe in him. Harry mentioned the pressure on the Dolphins to figure out their quarterback spot, which is, of course, real. They're not the only Miami team feeling the heat. We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, 
I don't think the consistent play has been there for them. And Fitz, I'm up here thinking about, you know, that home record. You remember Martin, right? And, and, and of course. Martin will walk in his kitchen and turn his lights on and brother man to be in there just fixing a damn sandwich. <laughs> What's happening, Chief? Just fixing me a sandwich. So people just come into TD Garden like brother man and just fix a sandwich <laughs> when they want to. Three hours later. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. This song will always have special meaning to me. Not that anybody asked this question, but I'll tell you anyway. Uh, I spent the first couple of years that I ever toured was with a country artist named Phil Vassar. Phil, uh, famous for playing the piano. Phil always went out for the very end of the encore and played Piano Man with a harmonica and played the song. And so at the shows every night for two years of my life ended with this song. And then he'd bring people out on stage and everybody would hang out. So every time I hear this, I just think of that like, all right, job's done. Good show. We made it through. Like it became sort of, I hear it and I'm like, all right, put your feet up. Have it, especially on that tour. Have a drink. Uh, you know, so now it's fitting that we come into our last segment. And today is Wednesday. What is Wednesday, Fitz? Hump day. No. <laughs> No, no. He's excited. No. You little jackrabbit. <laughs> oh, it's White Folk Wednesday on the music selection, which is why we had to bring in some Billy Joel on this. Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes, which is actually less than the original version of this recording. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right, Harry. Uh, as we came back, we were talking about, uh, you could hear the previous conversation. We were talking about the fact that now there are going to be people that are saying, oh, well, the series is going to go back to Boston for the next game. This is my moment where I tell all of you, I don't care if it goes back to Boston. Because guess what? The Boston Celtics don't have any home court advantage. I can't say it any clearer. In the last two postseasons combined, they have 11 losses at home. That's the most over a two-postseason span in NBA history. They're the first team ever in a two-postseason span to have a losing home record. A losing home record. They're 10-11 and 11 at home. Being at home doesn't mean a damn thing if home is the Boston Garden or TD Center at this point because nobody's scared of playing in Boston. Well, that's why I laugh at people, you know. They're, if the Celtics were to draw this thing out, there are two more games that, that has to be played in Boston. One tomorrow, the next one will be in Miami, and Game Seven will have to be back in Boston. They're four and five in this year's playoffs at home. And Fitz, I used the analogy earlier about Brother Man from Martin. Now I have another one mm. here at my home at Douglas Estates, as you like to call it. <laughs> before people come in my house, they gotta take their damn shoes off. Oh, really? Your shoes so, okay. what the Boston Celtics have done throughout this playoffs is tell people that you have to take your shoes off before you come in their house, which is the guard, TD guard. But see, those people who has those five wins against them disrespected them and told them, no, I take my shoes off when I please. I'm going to walk around your house with my shoes on. Oh, oh. So when, so not only did one person, one team disrespect them, two teams disrespected them. Not only did two teams disrespect them, Three teams, and that third team happened to be the Miami Heat, and they won the first two games at your home with their shoes on. I mean, I, I love this. And now, by the way, 
I always, I, I don't walk around in shoes. I walk around in socks all the time. I don't really wear shoes. So then whenever people come over to the house, they see me in socks and they think that means they have to take off their shoes. I don't really care if you wear your shoes in my house. I just choose not to wear my shoes. In my, I don't know how I'm supposed to deal with all that. I feel like I should put a sign up that says, you may keep your shoes on if you so please. <laughs> I, I feel bad because they're going to get dog hair on their socks walking around my house. I, it's just that that's not going to be fun. I, I feel bad for everybody. Uh, look, one point of what you're talking about is that there is no reason, given the fact that the Heat are undefeated in TD Center this year in the playoffs, there's no reason for the Heat to be worried about having to go back to Boston. And it, Jimmy Butler flat out was asked if he's worried about the Celtics getting momentum. So what he said. No. If anything, it'll build momentum for us, knowing that we have to play with a lot more energy. And, um, you know, we got to play like our backs are against the wall. Um, but I, I think all year long we've been better and ready to do things the hard way. Now play that first part again, if, if, if they're worried. Are you worried, Jimmy? No. Mm. <laughs> you see how decisive he was in that? You no. Know, it's funny because... So often, to that point, Harry, when we hear athletes talk, we ask, like, what are they saying and what does it mean and, you know, how can you handle the moment? And when he was asked about momentum, I, I, there were a million different answers in my mind before I heard his answer. I thought, well, he might give us the cliche, like, we're just going to focus on ourselves, all of these things. Uh, there is such a cockiness to the way he says no. If anything, this gives us momentum that, man, I— I don't know. It just makes me want to run through a wall. Like Jimmy Butler in front of a microphone. I don't know the man at all. Jimmy Butler makes me want to run through a wall. I, well, and th- that That's real. Well, here's the thing. Like the, the Boston Celtics and what they were able to do in game four, the ball movement, the creating turnovers that led to transition points, right? The 28 assists. When they have 29 assists or more in games uh, dating back to their regular season, this team is 21-4. and four. The defense that got the turnovers. Here's the thing. I don't know if the Boston Celtics can do it consistently for three games in a row if it gets to that point. They went on an 18-0 run in the third quarter. Tatum had 14 in the third. Okay, but they made 18 threes to the Miami Heat's eight. The Miami Heat were eight for 32 from the three-point line with 15 turnovers. I don't think that's going to happen three games in a row for the Miami Heat. Yeah. A well-coached, well-oiled machine by Eric Spoelstra. Do you think that's going to happen, Vince? No, no, not at all. I've, how many times have I said, part of the reason I never bought into Zach Wilson, sorry, Evan, sorry to open that wound so close, but part of the reason I never bought into <laughs> Zach Wilson is I interviewed him uh, after his great season, and I asked him what changed, like what went different, and it was the COVID year and like short notice and everything. I thought he'd give me a great answer, and he's like, I don't know, man, I just got hot. Well, that's not an answer. That's not that's when he was in college, right? Yeah, yeah, that's not sustainable. You can't tell me you don't know what changed. If I look at the Celtics last night, it's just simple. What's sustainable? They got hot. The heat got cold. Do I think both of those things are going to happen for three more straight games to become the first team in history to come back from 3 nothing to win the series? The answer isn't just no, Harry. It's hell no. You want to know else why I think that it won't happen? They got that dog over there named Jimmy Butler. Play one more time for me. Jimmy, are you worried? Are you worried about the Boston Celtics? No. No. Not at no. all. No. Oh, that's so much fun. <laughs> now I see why Devin has fun pressing that little button. You're right. There's no way that what? Jimmy Butler's going to let his team lose three straight games. There's also no way and no world where thighs are better than breasts. Talking about chicken, of course. Chicken breast meat is the best meat. You just can't handle the thighs. Tell can, the truth. Kenny and Carlin can handle it all. They're coming up next. Excuse me. Listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. 
You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.